Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Why Not Us podcast, previewing week eight of the college football season. We had another incredible week last week. My name is Adam Glick. I'm joined today, as always, by Michael Gresser. Michael, kind of talk about what, some things that stood out to you in week seven, because we had a lot of results that, as always, that we've talked about all year, just kind of shocked you and changed college football landscape. Yeah, uh, last week was impactful by every stretch. Um, you talk about some big upsets, Purdue, Florida, and there were also some teams I just want to touch on real quick before we get into this week's slate. Some teams that really impressed me last week overall that I think is going to have an impact uh, down the stretch. Um, two teams that are kind of looking, um, they're kind of upping their perception nationally than what people might have thought of them at the be- at the first in the beginning half of the season. And those two teams, in my opinion, are OU and Auburn. Two teams that I think are kind of hitting a new type of stride that they weren't really hitting um, in the first few weeks of the season. Auburn's playing really good football, huge win against Arkansas. Bo Nix is playing the best football I think he's ever played before. And uh, they're, they're building something pretty special there. And uh, they're going to be a factor down the stretch, I think. Auburn fans should be happy about what they've seen out of Brian Harson thus far. OU is a team that not a lot of people are high on the first, like, four or five weeks of the season. A lot of that was due to the quarterback play of Spencer Rattler and how the offense kind of responded under him. But now with the addition of uh, Caleb Williams at under center, this offense has gone to a whole new level and they're finally starting to appear as that team that fans thought Oklahoma was going to be preseason wise going into the season. They're finally living up to that top four, top three, maybe even top two when it's all said and done. Um, status that we all thought they could be going into the season that is happening because of the quarterback play of Caleb Williams. Yeah, and you mentioned those two teams, obviously, big wins last week, and Auburn really struggled out of the gates, and now it's really hit their stride, as you talked about, and then obviously with Caleb Williams being their new quarterback at OU, they are a completely different team, and kind of the team we kind of expected them to be, maybe a playoff Mm -hmm. contender, not just to even get there, but possibly win a game or two, and win the national championship. Obviously, Georgia is still the clear favorite, but different dynamic for sure with those two teams. Before we get into the Week 8 preview, I want to touch on two teams that before the year, no one thought anything about them mm-hmm. and here they are they sit 7-0 and and 6-0 and respectively 13-0 combined have not lost a football game those two teams are Oklahoma State mm-hmm. and Michigan State yeah. Oklahoma State to me they play sound football they don't make a lot of mistakes they have a great defense great running game really impressed me obviously I, we were there in person it was heartbreaking as it always is as a Texas fan the team is in complete shambles but Oklahoma State Jalen Warren 193 yards on the ground they looked in the first half, they were down 17 to three. Texas had the ball. It looked like Texas was going to run away with the game. And Oklahoma State on the road in that tough environment, they came together. They played great football. In the second half, their defense was spectacular. And now Oklahoma State sets themselves up with a monster game next week against Iowa State that we will preview in a couple minutes for you. And now they have a chance to be that other team with Oklahoma in the Big 12 championship. So credit to the, them and their staff for going 6 0. If you looked at their schedule, Boise State, Kansas State, Baylor, and Texas, the last four games they played, all could have been losses. They won all four of them, and they were all really close games. So credit the Cowboys for getting it done. On the other side, Michigan State, 
No one thought this team was good. They, we thought they were, you know, rebuilding. They're going to be good in a few years, but they're way ahead of schedule. They have not been good in the last couple of years, and now they're 7-0. They had a very hard-fought defensive battle last week against Indiana. It wasn't pretty, but Michigan State football usually is never pretty, and they won 20-15. to All they've been doing is winning, and guess what? Their next game is against their rival Michigan. You win that game, and now – you start to talk about even a possible college football playoff what scenario. What a game that's going to be. Undefeated yeah. Michigan against likely undefeated – sorry, undefeated Michigan State against likely undefeated Michigan that week. That's going to be it's one be of the best incredible. games in that rivalry. Yes, and it's going to be in East Lansing, and the Spartans will have an extra week. They have a bye this week to prepare for that game. So I cannot wait for that to get going. Adam, you know what's interesting? Michigan State's win total going into the season was just four and a half. Oh, they've hit that. <laughs> they've hit well yeah. over that, and that's going to keep t- – they're going to be a double-digit uh, win team, I think, when it's all said and done this season. And credit Mel Tucker, credit that coaching staff that utilized the transfers portal like it was nobody's business this offseason, and it has proven effective in a massive, massive way. They're building something special up in East Lansing. Yeah, and that's what's so great about this season. Some of the top teams that we expect to be good, a little down this year, and that's given kind of the momentum and the opportunity for some of these teams that usually are traditional powerhouses in college football to come up like Oklahoma State and Michigan State. And there are others, too, that that we're not mentioning. Wake Forest is another one that comes to my mind that we will be picking that game in a, a little bit. But, Mike, let's get to our Week 8 preview. This is the first week. I've not seen a top 25 matchup, which is a little disappointing. But guess what? The sport is still incredible. We're still going to have great games, still going to have national implications each and every one. And the four games that we're previewing, Mike, I think they're four incredible games that not a lot of people are talking about, but they should be talking about. So let's get to the first one. Another great story. This, This story is in the ACC. And guess what? It's not Clemson, but they are playing Clemson. That's the Pittsburgh Panthers. They have been 5-1 and one this year. No one expected them to be good, and they have an opportunity to put away, the, I think, the ACC coastal race with a win against Clemson this week. They're at home. They have a very high-powered offense. They had one stumble, but guess what? It was out of conference against Western Michigan. Go Broncos, 44-41. <laughs> but they've looked really good. They went on the road last week to Virginia Tech, as we talked about in week one, when they beat North Carolina. Really hard place to play, and they mm-hmm. steamrolled 28-7. Defense looked good. This offense though, Mike, is putting up numbers. Mm-hmm. And you talk about a quarterback senior out of Oakhurst, New Jersey, and Kenny Pickett, 21 touchdowns this yeah. season and one interception. He's the best quarterback in the ACC, and I'll tell you that much. Yeah, that is for sure. And also their running game. I can't even pronounce his last name, but Israel Abakanda, he's from Brooklyn, New York. He's only a sophomore, ran for 140 yards last week against the Hokies. This Pittsburgh team is legit, and that is why they are actually a three-point favorite against Clemson. Clemson somehow found a way to, again, to not score points on the field, but win a football game against Syracuse, 17-14. to So, Mike, I want your kind of takeaways in this game. How is Clemson going to be a – is their defense good enough to stop this Pittsburgh offense? Are they going to be able to put put up enough points to deal with these Panthers. Yeah, well, Adam, first, I just want to go back to August. If I were to tell yeah. you in August before the season started that Clemson was going to be an underdog against Pitt going into this game, you would have thought I was absolutely out of my mind. You could, you could tell me 20 <laughs> different things about this season going into August. I'd be yeah. like, no, it's not true. But, but here that, we are. Here we are. Pitt is a three-point favorite against Clemson. How awesome is that? And that is a little preview on, of a pick that I'll be getting to mm-hmm. at, the end of the, at the end of the show. However... Yes, Pitt has been 
on fire this season. I think they're a little bit underrated in the eight people. That's just my opinion is their first week in the eight people. I believe I think they're a little bit better team than what they're, um, than the pollsters believe in them because of this high powered offense. And for that reason, it's going to, yes, Clemson has a good defense. It's going to be hard for this Clemson defense to stop uh, the pit offense. They've shown uh, Kenny Pickett. He's been playing incredible football and I don't think that's ever going to stop anytime soon. He is the best quarterback in the ACC, in my opinion. People have thought going into the season that it could be DJ Uyunglele of Clemson. He's been playing horrible football. And I also think that will continue in this game as well. So I do like Pitt in this spot. I think their offense will be able to get the better of a good Clemson defense. Clemson has shown time and time again, they're just able to not score the football, no matter what defense they're playing, whether it's Syracuse whether it's BC, whether it's anybody, they can't even hit like 20 points. And if, if they're not hitting 20 points, they're not going to win a football game. They're not going to win this football game. So I like Pitt. Give me the Panthers. They're rolling. They're going to be rolling to the ACC championship, I think. Wow. Yeah, and I honestly agree with you. I think Pitt's going to win a close game around 24-20 would be my prediction just because their offense is so much better than Clemson's yeah. offense that I just don't see – and it's in Pitt, which mm-hmm. I think is a big difference yeah. in this game. I think they're going to put them – it's going to be close, but they're going to put it away late with a drive to put away the game. But talk, before we get to the next game, I want to talk about the landscape of the conference a little bit because I think it's important in this game. Pittsburgh is 2-0 and in the, in the Coastal right now. You win this game, you go to 3-0. The only team in the Coastal that has one loss at the moment is Virginia Tech, mm-hmm. and they own that tiebreaker. So I think if they win this game, it's they control their own de- destiny, obviously, and no I doubt. think they're going to most likely – in all scenarios, make the ACC championship with a win this weekend against Clemson. On the other side, they could maybe knock out Clemson oh, yeah. in the Atlantic this week with a second loss because Clemson is two games, would be two games behind NC State and Wake Forest. And let's remember, NC State also beat Clemson, so mm-hmm. they would hold that tiebreaker yep. at the end of this year. So I think for both these teams, Huge implications. Clemson's ACC title hopes could be dashed this weekend, and Pitt's ACC title hopes could be basically at the front doorstep Mm -hmm. with a win this week. But let's get to another huge matchup. This one is in the Big 12 Conference. I talked about them a few minutes ago with Oklahoma State, but it's the Cowboys of Oklahoma State going on the road to Ames, Iowa, not an easy place to play, and play the Iowa State Cyclones. Iowa State obviously is not – lived up to the expectations that we're hoping to live up for them this year. They've been a little bit of disappointment. However, they looked pretty good last week against Kansas state winning 33 to 20 on the road. Maybe they're getting back into form. It's not an easy place to play. They still have a great running game and a great defense. Obviously Brees hall is still a stud. I think he's one of the best running backs in the league behind maybe B. John Robinson, Zach Evans and company, and as well as Brooks from Oklahoma. But this team is still very talented on both sides of the ball. I think, they're going to have their hands full, though, against this Oklahoma State team that, as I talked about, I think they're just fundamentally sound on, on defense and offense. I think they don't commit a lot of penalties. They don't turn the ball over too much, and they pound you on the ground. Mm-hmm. And the offense and defensive line, I think, is going to be key, as it usually is in these kind of games. I think the spread to me, Mike, is a little too much, in my opinion, even though it's in Iowa State. I want to get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, Um well, I kind of take the, a different approach on this game, Adam. Okay. I mean, we're talking about a top 10 team that is not, that is going up against an unranked team in That's Iowa a State. Touchdown that underdog. is a touchdown underdog, which is pretty crazy to think about. However, it is for good reason, in my opinion. 
I think Iowa State in the last couple of weeks has been starting to hit their stride that we all thought they could live up to going into the season. Yes, they did not look very good with a couple big losses in the first week's season. However, those losses were for reasons that were kind of out of the realm that a odds maker would bake into a line like this. And that is because they lost because a lot of turnovers, a lot of big special teams plays. And for that reason, I think that they're still, they've, they were still a good football team in those losses. And I think the last couple of weeks have helped them kind of rejuvenate themselves and maybe just maybe finally be that team that we all thought they could be going into the season being the Cyclones that we thought could contend in the big 12, maybe even the playoff. We'll see if that happens down the stretch, but I think they're going to be able to handle Oklahoma state who I agree is a very good team in the run game, especially on defense. But I, I think Iowa state is finally at that mark where they're going to be on the, I mean, this is a week that they're going to be on the biggest stage. So there's going to be a lot of eyes in this football game. I think this is a week where people kind of notice, okay, Iowa State is that team that I thought they were going into the season. They've shown it to me this week. Iowa State is legit. Losses were tough, but I think they proved to everyone that they are that team we thought they could be this week. And I actually like the touchdown spread, and I like Iowa State to cover that spread. Wow, that is a bold take, Mike. But I think I think you bring up a good point in the fact that even in those two losses, they were, if you look at the stats, they actually they looked, should have won. They should have won both of them, and they look like the better team. Yeah. It's just as you talked about special teams, turnovers, some but you big, can't predict. Yeah, you can't predict. And some big plays kind of just shape those two games. Yeah. And it's sad because they you know, obviously their college football hopes are done. Yeah. And now to put a big predicament on their hopes to make the Big 12 title again and probably face Oklahoma. But you win this game, they're Big 12 title hopes are right there. Mm-hmm. They're right back in it. They come, I think they would be in second place holding the tiebreaker yeah. with Oklahoma State. And they have a very winnable schedule other than Oklahoma the rest yeah. of the year. No so I think they're fine. But I'm just really high on this Oklahoma State team. Oh, I agree. I am too. They, they, they proved us on Saturday. Yeah. They, they can beat anybody with the defense that they play. They just create turnovers. That They can beat anybody with the way with the style play. That they yeah. Play. In this sport, it always comes down to usually late game possessions, mm-hmm. close games. The difference between a lot of teams is who wins those close games. In Oklahoma yeah. State, as I talked about earlier, four last four games, they've all been super close. And they've yeah. won all four of them. So that – Facing that adversity and that grit, having that mental toughness, I think it's going to be the difference. I do think Iowa State will hold on, but I don't think they're going to cover that spread. I think it's going to be more of a field goal kind of game, close, low scoring. I think it's going to be one of the best games of the day, and that's why we are previewing it. But I'm very excited to watch this and see where both these teams go. As I said, even though I'm picking Iowa State to cover, I would not be surprised at all if Oklahoma State wins this football game. They have found ways to win week in and week out. They might easily find another way to win this game in AMSI, which is incredibly hard environment. Yeah, and speaking of incredibly hard environments, we're not going to choose one for you right now, but we are going to go to another environment that is into UCLA territory. No offense to the Bruins, but they don't have a very good college football environment. They have a huge game coming up this week against Oregon Ducks in the Pac-12 race. You know, we don't really talk about the Pac-12 too often because all they do is shoot themselves in the foot and lose to teams that they shouldn't lose to. But this is a big game for both of these teams. As you look at the Pac-12 race between the Oregon Ducks and the UCLA Bruins, they both have one loss in the conference. They have UCLA has two losses overall and Oregon still with the one loss. But both these teams really need to win to keep their Pac-12 title hopes alive. 
Oregon in the north, they are tied with Oregon State. They're rival at 2-1 and one right now. UCLA is a game behind Utah, who we will get to in a little bit as well. And then Arizona State is tied with UCLA, and they lost that tiebreaker. UCLA basically needs probably to run the table, and it's going to need to beat Oregon. It's been interesting, Mike, as you look at both these teams. Oregon, first couple weeks, they win that game in Ohio State. They hold on against Fresno. They look like they are a playoff contender. They look really, really good. But then the last two weeks in particular, losing to Stanford and just a heartbreaking overtime loss. And then last week you thought after losing to Stanford like that at home against Cal Friday night, go out and kill Cal because Cal is not good. And they had to hold on with a goal line stand at the end to win that game 24-17. And that's, you know, for me, that's not going to put me over the edge to give me confidence with this Oregon Ducks team. For UCLA, they went to Washington, but Washington's not a great team. I know it's a tough environment there, but only winning 24-17. I'm not really high on either of these teams. What are the things that you're looking for in this kind of game? Who do you like? Yeah, well, I'll tell you this, Adam. The last few weeks have been pretty evident of this. Oregon fans are not happy about the quarterback situation that they currently have there um, under Anthony Black. Um, he has not been playing great football, and that offense just hasn't been been able to elevate to the level that Oregon fans think they have the talent to do that they've wanted to see. So their offense, it hasn't been producing. I don't think it's going to ever produce the level that fans wish it could. Um, and for that reason, they're going to be in a lot of losable games. But on the flip side of that, they are the more talented team in most of the games that they will play. So they, they could be favored in the, these games, but – with the, with the offensive struggles that they've shown, they can lose pretty much any game in the rest of their schedule. Like they already lost to Stanford, as you've seen, and they struggled last week against Cal. Um, so this is a big game for both these teams in the, in the Pac-12 race, obviously, two, two different divisions. Um, and UCLA is only one-point favorite. This game's going to go either way. I think this game's going to be won at the line of scrimmage. Both these teams have pretty good um, defensive and offensive lines. Um, it's just going to be a matter of who gets the better of that. Uh, opposing teams uh, offensive line I think um, UCLA has one of the most underrated defensive lines in the nation in my opinion so if they can get after a stout Oregon offensive line they can win this game flip side of that if Oregon can get after um, a stout UCLA offensive line they can win this game so there's not gonna be a lot of offense played in this game I don't think um, so it's really hard for me to pick this game because I do think it's gonna be so close however I'm just gonna pick Oregon to win a narrow narrow game it's going to be a low-scoring game. I do not think either of these teams are going to be able to score the ball that much considering the style of offense that these two teams play. But just give me the Ducks. This would be a huge win for either of these teams in the Pac-12 race. Could put them in good position, especially Oregon, put them in good position to make the Pac-12 championship. UCLA has some other tasks ahead of them when you're talking about Arizona State. Um, but both these teams could be in relatively good position if they come out with a win. Yeah, and UCLA is kind of in not the rebuilding mode, but kind of trying to get back to national relevance right now. So they're not there yet, but this win could really help them in that cause with Chip Kelly's squad over at UCLA. And then on the Oregon side, they still have hopes, you know, outside hopes of the college football playoff. And if they can't do that, you know, New Year's Six Bowl obviously is in the vicinity with this team, especially if they win the Pac-12 championship. A lot is on the line for me. It comes down to the running game. UCLA loves to run the ball. They kind of have a Kareem Hunt, Nick Chubb comparison, two-headed monster in their running game. And Oregon gave up 161 yards last week to Cal, which is not a good sign. So I think it's going to come down to that. Starts with the line of scrimmage. I think at the end of the day, really, 
I think Oregon's a better team, and I think they're going to come out on top. It's going to be a close game. It's going to be a great game. That's why I think game day is going there this week, and we'll see where these teams go. But this is obviously a bigger game for Oregon because they are the only hope the Pac-12 has left, and they cannot afford another loss, obviously. Going to our last game that we're previewing, we're going all the way to Colorado, Colorado Springs, and you're like, Who's in Colorado Springs? But let me tell you, it's in the Mountain West. This week, no top 25 matchups. This is an opportunity to highlight some big non-group of five or non-power five games. And this game is a monster game. Two teams flying under the radar. And one team is very apparent in supporting our country. And that is the Air Force (laughs) Falcons. They are playing a monster game at home, primetime, 6 p.m. against my San Diego State Aztecs. The Aztecs had a disgusting football game last week against San Jose State Spartans. It was six to six going into overtime. And that is not an error that it was the actual score of the game going to overtime. And then the big news in this game is the Aztecs announced two days ago, they are starting Lucas Johnson, their backup quarterback because Brookshire is probably the worst D one quarterback I've ever seen. So Aztecs, they got to be able to score the ball because they've struggled all year. But Mike, this, these two teams, top 15, both of them in defense this year, They're very, very good at stopping the pass. They do not allow a lot of passing yards. They do not allow a lot of points. And that's why these two teams, one of them's undefeated in the San Diego State Aztecs. The other, Air Force, they have one loss on their schedule. And by the way, they beat Boise State already this year, who was the preseason favorite to win this conference. It is a big game for both of these teams. And I think what's going to come down to at the end of the day is a field goal kicker. Arias for the Aztecs, he's a very good kicker, and he's kicked 50-plus yards all year for them because they haven't been able to move the ball, really. It's going to come down to who makes some more field goals. I think it's going to be in the teens. It's going to be that kind of game, 17-14, kind of like Clemson-style play. But <laughs> it's going to be really exciting because both these teams, it could be a preview of the Mountain West title race. And San Diego State, listen, their schedule's too hard. I don't think they're a good enough football team to run the table based on what they have in front of them with Fresno, Nevada, and Boise. But they have an outside chance to make a big-time bowl game, either of these teams. And the Air Force, they're 6-1. and one. They played really good football. They won last week against Boise State, as I mentioned. They had a heartbreaking loss earlier in the year to Utah State. But this is a very good football team. I think it's going to come down to who hits more field goals. I know it's a weird kind of what it comes down to kind of scenario, but I think that's going to be the case. I know you don't know a ton about these teams, Mike, but what can you tell us going into this game? Well, you talked about it already, Adam. I agree. I agree with you. I think this is going to be a defensive battle. I know you know a lot more about these teams than I do, but this is going to be a pretty big game this weekend, considering the rest of the slate we have. This is two of the two of the three better teams in the Mountain West. So my eyes are going to be on this game. Certainly give me an opportunity to finally watch these two, these two teams that have been wanting to watch this season. I'm excited to watch this Mountain West matchup against two very good teams, in my opinion. I know your Aztecs are going to be on this game all day. I like Air Force to pull the minor, minor upset, being it is at home. I think Air Force is a stout team. San Diego State's playing great football as well. Um, like you said, this game could be in the teens. A, a team that scores 20 points might, might come out on top. We'll see if that's enough. But just give me the Air Force. Give me that home. Uh, this is going to be a game that I cannot wait to watch. Yeah, and I, I sadly have to agree with you. I don't think San Diego State's going to come in the Air Force and win. And I'm really interested to see if Lucas Johnson is the answer for this Aztec offense. But yeah, I think it's going to be a very big-time struggle. Air Force has looked like the better football team, even though they do have one loss. They looked like they looked the part. San Diego State last week 
you can't you can't go to overtime six to six against San Jose State and tell me that you're a top twenty five team, which they are. <laughs> Give them credit; they're six and zero. A lot of teams can't say they're still undefeated, but I need to see more from the Aztecs. I'm very excited for this game, though, and I hope the Aztecs are able to prevail. But Mike, let's get to some picks right now. We obviously have a slew of games that we got to talk about. Some big games happening, and first we're going to start off, you know, with that a theme that we just talked about with Air Force. We go to another team that loves America, the <laughs> Army Black Knights. They play the Wake Forest Demon Deacons, one of the feel-good surprise stories of the college football season. It's in Army. Wake Forest is, I think, a three-point favorite at the mm-hmm. moment. Army coming off a tough loss last week to Wisconsin, low-scoring game. But Army, honestly, they cover the spread. They look pretty good in doing so. But the crazy thing is Wake Forest likes to shoot you know long throws a lot of passes score a lot of points in army they're just going to run the ball so yep. two contrasting totally styles of play teams. so who do you like in this game between these two teams yeah well, you just hit on right there these are two totally different styles of offense yep. wake forest does surprisingly score a lot of points they've been very consistent scoring 37 to 42 points this entire season so i'm so excited to watch this this football game, as I said with San Diego State Air Force, these are two teams that I've not really had a chance to watch this season. I've been meaning to watch a Wake Forest game forever, and now with the slate that we have, I finally get to do it, and I'm so excited for this matchup because of the two styles of uh, offense that these two teams play, which is vastly, vastly different. This is going to be one of the games that I hope everybody has their eye on. So with that being said, Wake Forest, special team this year, undefeated. I don't know the last time they could ever say that, um, or we'll ever have the chance. Yeah, we'll have to say that again. But they've just found ways to win. They score a lot of points. There's a lot of holes in this defense. There will be opportunities for Army to take advantage with the triple option style of play that they run on offense. So we'll see. I don't know exactly. Score prediction is really hard for me, but I do think Wake Forest will be able to, to take the top off of Army's defense just a little bit more than Army will have success running the football as weak as Wake Forest's defense has shown they can be at times. So for that reason, I think Wake Forest better them slightly. Yes, it's an army. That stadium is going to be absolutely rocking. That is one of the most underrated environments in this sport with that stadium. However, I think Wake Forest just hangs on again, finds another way to squeak out a win. But that said, it would not be surprised for Army wins this ballgame. I am so excited. Yeah, we've already touched on some big games, but this is honestly one of probably the top three most games I'm most excited for on the slate this Saturday. Yeah, and it really is a great game, two contrasting styles of play. And the interesting thing about it is Wake Forest has survived the last two games uh, against Syracuse and Louisville by three points in both those games. And for Army, as you talked about, the one of the underrated environments, mm-hmm. they are really good at home. They really yeah. struggled the last couple of weeks against Wisconsin Ball State losing both those games, but they were on the road. So I think this Army team, Feeds off the you know home energy and a completely different team. So I think our Wake Forest is going to have their hands full in this game. Yeah. But the talent obviously is on the Wake Forest side, and I think their offense is going to be too much for Army. The key with Army is you can't get behind more than a possession with the way you play football. You got to get ahead, and that's why Wisconsin against Wisconsin they got behind and they can't come back. So mm-hmm. I'm worried that they're going to get behind. It's going to be too much for Army to come back. It's a great point, Adam. but yeah. So I do like Wake Forest to win. I think they'll win by around a touchdown. So I do like them to cover the spread. But it's going to be a fantastic game. It's in the morning slate. So can't wait to watch that one. Let's get to another 
a game that probably won't be as exciting, no offense to either of these teams, mm-hmm. but Wisconsin and Purdue. Purdue is coming off a monster win last week against Iowa. Yet another top two win yeah. for them on their historic run of just top one and two teams that they've beaten in Purdue history. Yeah, they're crazy. <laughs> and Purdue, everyone, you know, they've been under the radar all year. They're yeah. one of the best defenses in the country. Oh, yeah. It all comes down to can they score enough points, but guess what? You get to play a Wisconsin team that does not like to score at all. So and they also I, like to turn the ball over. And they love to turn the ball over. A lot of interceptions. So I think it's going to be a sloppy game. Yeah. I want to get your thoughts on who you like this. Yeah, this game is pretty nuts. I mean, we're talking about a Wisconsin team that many people, including myself, had ranked in the top 10 going into the season. But on the flip side, now we're talking about a Purdue team that is ranked in the top 25 team, in the top 25, and a Wisconsin team that is an absolute shambles right now. I've talked about Wisconsin a lot on this show. I was really high on this offense, but now this has proven to me that this is one of the most just disgusting, shamble, just hard-to-watch offenses in the nation with how much they love to just turn the ball over. Graham Mertz is playing horrible football. And on the flip side of that, Purdue is playing great defense. So kudos to the Brew Boilmakers. I'm very disappointed in the Wisconsin Badgers. And for that reason, I like Purdue in this game. I think they're playing better football. They deserve to be ranked. They, uh, they're coming off of a huge win. I think they ride high a week later. I don't think they have a letdown spot here. I think they're just going to build on that momentum after last week. I think they get a monster, monster win at home in front of a rocking boilermaker environment against a Wisconsin team that they should be able to take advantage of their offense. They should be able to create some turnovers because Wisconsin has shown that they aren't really able to get through a game without – um, um, creating one or two turnovers. So Purdue's going to have those opportunities. They need to take advantage of those opportunities when they get the ball in the defensive hands. And if they can take advantage, they should be able to win this ball game. Give me the Purdue Boilermakers in an upset. Yeah, and I like Purdue as well in this upset spot. I, I'm a little concerned that they might be overlooking Wisconsin after the emotional high of obviously going to Iowa and beating them, and that was a big-time win for them, the Boilermakers. But I do think they're the better team. I've been Even before the year, I was one of the people that said, I don't think this Wisconsin team has changed too much, and they really haven't. No offense, they've tried to give them credit, but it just has not worked out for them. So I like Purdue in this spot. I think they're the better team. I think there's a lot of value in betting the money line oh, no in this doubt. game. Especially think, at home. I think both of us are going to hit that money yeah, line button. I'm, I'm on that list. Yeah, so we will see. <laughs> Let's go to another game that usually in typical years, this game would be the game day would be there, the oh, media no coverage. This yeah. is a monster game. That's his USC and Notre Dame. But USC has been an absolute dumpster fire. They are a total mess right now. You talk about some programs that are in disarray. We like to say Texas in disarray, but they're on another level of disarray. At least our coach is in fire. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Kind of similar to Florida State and what's going on there in Tallahassee. I think that's where Florida State Mm -hmm. is. Yeah. But uh, anyway, USC is on the road in this game against Notre Dame. Notre Dame. They are five and one. They've actually looked pretty good. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, they have the loss to Cincinnati, but Cincinnati is a top five team as we talked about. And then they went to Virginia Tech a couple of weeks ago and they won a very close game and they've had an extra week to prepare. I think Notre Dame has an opportunity this week to that. Just absolutely steamroll this Trojan team. Yeah. And I'd like, I'm not going to you know, put too much into this. They're six and a half right now. I'm hitting them and I'm hitting them hard. I think they're going to win by two touchdowns plus. Totally, Adam. I'm totally on that with you. I agree that I do think Notre Dame is in a fantastic opportunity. This game's in Notre Dame, correct? Yes, it yes. is. So fantastic opportunity to play in front of that environment. Get a huge win against your rival, but your rival is in one of the most 
pit holes of their program's history right now. Um, so I do not see USC having nearly a lot of success against a very good Notre Dame defense and a team that has impressed me the last couple of weeks. I agree with you. I think Notre Dame has shown, has proven to me in the rest of the nation that they are a good football team. Um, on the flip side of that, USC is an absolute shambles. I've just discussed. Um, they're coming off. They're, they were also, they're also coming off a bye, but a loss to Utah where they obviously got steamrolled. I do not having, I do not see them having any sort of more success that they did not find in that game. So I love Notre Dame in this spot. I agree with you. I think they're going to cover the six and a half spread. I'm already on that. Um, give me Notre Dame a defining win against your, your rival. And this could be a rivalry games tend to be close, but I do not see this being a rivalry game that is typically going to be that close. Yeah. And our next game, we go to the Mac and obviously it's a, uh, you know, give them some credit here. This is a big time game and I'm doing a little switch up. Mike, it says ball state, Miami, Ohio on our sheet, but I looked at the other Mac game. I think we should talk about that one because it's more important. And that's Western Michigan Toledo. Toledo was a preseason Mac champion to win this conference and they've gone off to an awful start. They're one and two, three and four overall. They lost last week, another heartbreaker to central Michigan. They lost the week before to Northern Illinois, all by a combined of five points. And obviously we knew their name in week two when they lost to Notre Dame by three points. So this team has the capability of being good. They just have not been able to close out games. On the other side, we talked about Pittsburgh. Well, Pittsburgh's one loss is to this Western Michigan team that could also put up a ton of points. They put up 44 on Pittsburgh. Well, guess what? How many points they put up last week against Kent State? A quiet 64. (laughs) This Western Michigan offense is prolific. I love this team. I love their quarterback and Caleb Elby. I think he just runs and guns. He doesn't even need to throw the ball that often, and he still gets over 300 yards. And then their running back, Sean Taylor, had a quiet 169 yards on the ground on only 17 carries, which is 10 yards a carry, which is pretty good. I think this is going to be a very high-scoring game. It's a big game for Western Michigan because they are a game behind a very surprised team in Northern Illinois. This conference, Mike, you can't predict this conference. Mm-hmm. Every year, I think Northern Illinois in the Avalon Sportsbook that we read before the season, Adam predicted 10th, and they're now in first place in the MAC West division. So you really have no idea what you're going to get on a week, week in, week out basis. But I just, just think this game is going to be one of those games where you look at the scoreboard and you're like, Man, I wish I watched it. So we're telling you now, I like Western Michigan in this spot a lot to win this. That's pretty crazy, Adam. I mean, Western is only one and a half point favorite. Do you know what the over-under on this game is right now? No. Okay, well, it's got to be a lot of points considering these uh, offenses you just discussed. Um, This could be a very exciting Mac game. Mac always produces phenomenal games. You don't know what's going to happen. All right, 55 and a half, yeah. Um, So, yeah, excited. Uh, Western Michigan, they've proved to – the nation that they need to be a team that is discussed more on the national level. I, uh, I agree with you, West Michigan, high powered offense. Give me them in this game. Okay. I like the pick. So we stay consistent there. We got to go to another mid major conference. We go back to the mountain West, another monster game mountain West to me of the non power five conferences. So you take out Cincinnati and the American athletic that they have been the most impressive. They have dominated the pac 12 so far this season, a lot of wins against them. They've also had some other wins as well. A lot of surprise stories and two teams that we're going to talk about right now that have been very surprising and they've been very successful. And that's Nevada and Fresno state. This is a big game for the Aztecs as well, because this is a battle in the Western division in the mountain West conference. Nevada's five and one 
Fresno State's five and two. Nevada's undefeated in the conference, and Fresno has that one surprise loss on the road to Hawaii. It's I don't care how bad Hawaii is. If you go to Hawaii, don't expect to come back with a win. So these teams like to score points. Fresno State has struggled though the last couple of weeks on the offensive side, and you know this their quarterback Jake Hayner. He was getting some Heisman discussion earlier in the year and obviously that's tailored off as he struggled the last few weeks but this Nevada team I want to talk about a little bit they have been a really good surprise a nice surprise they went to Boise earlier this year and won their only loss is very respectable at Kansas State and they won obviously the first week of the season against Cal which I'm never easy going to a Pac-12 school and winning when you're from the Mountain West but I Mike I really think another game where we could see some fireworks a lot of good offensive play in this game and this is, might be the deciding game to who gets to go to the Mountain West title game against maybe Air Force or Utah State. Yeah, I just want to point out, if you're a Mountain West fan, what a slate that you have this week. week. I know. <laughs> San Diego State, Air Force, and Fresno State, Nevada, two unbelievable games that have massive implications I in know. that conference. I'm excited. <laughs> Big day for Mountain West fans. Um, but, yeah, as you talked about, I mean, Fresno State, Nevada, both teams have impressed me a lot this week, some, some huge wins early on in the season. Uh, Fresno State's offense has struggled a little bit in the last two weeks. Um, I think they hit their stride again uh, this week against Nevada at home. They're a team that has proven us that they can score points. Yes, they've struggled, but I like them. I think this is going to be a shootout. Come down to the wire, going to be a very close game. Give me the Bulldogs. Okay, so Mike takes the Bulldogs. I'm going to take Nevada. I think the Wolfpack are going to come out on top. I just have not been too confident in the Bulldogs play the last couple weeks. Let's get to our last game of the picks that we'll talk about for this week. That is Utah and Oregon State. All of a sudden, Utah was drowning in the water, and they have somehow rescued themselves and now are in a situation where they could win the Pac-12, especially the South Division. They're undefeated. We talked about it on last week's show, and we I think both picked against them, and they proved us wrong. They win against Arizona State in convincing fashion, 35-21, to 21. And they're playing another surprise team in Oregon State, who is, you know, usually towards the bottom of this conference, predicted this year in the bottom of the conference, but yet they're in this race. They're in, in it with Oregon. If they somehow win this week, they have a chance to represent the North. So who do you like in this game? Yeah, this is a fascinating game, man. You already touched on it. Utah's just been a complete 80, and that is all due to the quarterback change that they had going from Charlie Bruda to uh, Cameron Rising. He's playing incredible football. That offense is kind of taking a new level. Much very in similar fashion to the way that the Oklahoma offense has done their quarterback change as well. So kudos to Utah. They've figured something out in a big way uh, under Cameron Rising. And for that reason, they really do. They have it all ahead of them in, in the in the Pac-12 North. Um, so uh, this this game, a um, lot of Pac-12 implications, huge game. Either of these teams, if they win this game, can uh, really kind of control their own destiny in the Pac-12. So, but I think Utah, big win against Arizona State last week, uh, division rival. Give me the Utes again. I think they keep rolling under Cameron Rising. Um, their offense is kind of at a whole nother level right now. I like what they're doing. I'm going to be high on this team probably for the rest of the year, as long as they continue to play the, fo the football that they have the last few weeks. Yeah, and I'm going to have to agree with you, Mike. I think Utah is now – I think better than Oregon. I think they now become the Pac-12 favorites, and I think they're going to ride that momentum this week against an Oregon State team that, quite frankly, they're more talented than, and they're going to show that this week and kind of put uh, 
put a destiny in front of them to win this Pac-12 South division and control their own destiny. So I like Utah as well, and I think I might bet that at minus three. We will see. Those are our picks, Mike. I want to talk, before we get into a couple betting picks and an upset pick, I want to just mention something I want to get your opinion on. There are some undefeated teams this week, Mm -hmm. as we talked about. Which team, in your eyes, is most likely to lose? Uh, yeah, the one that comes to mind, Adam, is Oklahoma State. I'm already, okay. I already touched on it. I'm going to be on Iowa State spread if that can drop a little bit. I think it is going to drop because I think people are going to be betting Oklahoma State because they're the undefeated team in this game against an unranked team. So I think for that reason, as I've talked about, I think Iowa State's finally hitting that stride. They're playing football that I think people thought they would be playing thus far into the season. So give me Iowa State to give Oklahoma State their first loss, a very good Oklahoma State team that even if they drop this game, I'll still be high. And I would probably agree with you. And then San Diego State would probably be a close second for me just because it's a very tough place to play up in Colorado Springs with Air Force. But let's get to some betting picks that you like for this week. Do you have any for the viewers? Yeah, uh, I'll mention a couple of games that we already touched on. I like Pitt um, at home against Clemson. I think this is kind of a uh, match kind of game. I think Pitt's offense is um, operating at an extremely high level right now. Nothing like Clemson offense, which has an absolute, an absolute dumpster fire since the moment the season started. And I don't think that they get, they're not going to be able to turn anything around. They have not showed us that they will be able to turn anything around. There's nothing that I don't think this offense will be able to do despite the talent that they might have on paper that is going to elevate them to beat the team like Pitt that is playing at a level that we have not seen Pitt play before. So give me Pitt minus three. Uh, other games that we've touched on that I'm already on, Iowa State. I'm not on it yet. I'm waiting for it to drop a little bit, which I think it will. Once it drops, I'm going to bet it. Um, another game, Notre Dame minus six and a half. We already talked about it. I agree with you. I think it's going to be a two-touchdown plus game, at least a, at least a double-digit win. Um, those are some games that come to mind. Yeah, and for me, I'm looking at the slate here, picks that I like. I talked about a little bit. I think Oregon, I'm going to bet that at plus one right now. I think they're going to win the football game. I think they're a better team. Another game that I like, I think BYU is going to get a bounce back week against Washington State. They have obviously some off-the-field issues with their coach uh, about COVID concerns, not getting the vaccine. So I think that's going to affect them in the football game. So I like them to cover minus four and a half. Another game that I like, I think Law Tech's going to keep it really close with UTSA. UTSA is off to their best start in school history. Credit to the Roadrunners, but they're going to have their hands full on the road at Law Tech, who's still a very talented team despite early struggles. And then, as I talked about, I like Nevada on the money line, plus three on the road against Fresno. I think they're just riding a high, and they're having a special season in Reno right now. And then, as Mike talked about, which I'm going to be on as well, Notre Dame minus six and a half. I think it just makes too much sense. They're a better team. It's in Notre Dame. USC is a mess. So give me the fighting Irish in that game. Now, our upset pick. Obviously, we're, we've been pretty good with our upset picks overall this year, but we've kind of hit a little you know, roadblock, if you will, the last couple of weeks. We need to pick an upset. Mm-hmm. We have to. we got to find it. So what do you have for us? This and week? I think I found it. Okay. We, we already touched on this game before. Give me the Boilermakers at home. I just think they're the better team in this game. They're playing better football at Wisconsin. If Purdue can force one, two, maybe three turnovers, which Wisconsin has shown they've been able to give up, and they probably will give up again this Saturday, Purdue, I think, 
should and will win this ball game. Uh, that's what I'm hoping for. I'm hoping for a few turnovers, and I think it will happen. I think Vegas will give me those turnovers, which is not going to be baked into the slot because turnovers are never baked into a line. But Wisconsin is one of those teams that has proven to us that they will turn the ball over, ball over no matter who they're playing. And I think Purdue is a good enough football team to be able to take advantage. Give me the Purdue in an upset at home. Yeah, and for this segment next week, I might have to start having myself go first because usually you steal my upset pick and I really like this. Um, I have it as well. I think Purdue is going to win. So it makes it a lot harder, especially when you don't have top 25 games on the slate really against each other. So I'm as I'm scrolling through, I think I'm going to go with my pick that I've been talking about a few times now and I've been betting them. So I'm going to pick them on the money line and my upset pick as well. That's Nevada winning at Fresno this week. That's my pick. I was tempted to do a, you know, like I like to do touchdown underdogs and make mm-hmm. it interesting. Tempted to do Louisiana Tech on the money line, but they did not look good last week against, I think it was UTEP. They they scored three points, so I'm not going to do that. But I like Nevada as my upset pick for this week. Yeah, you can't predict against the uh, unbeaten, unbeaten road runners. runners. No. The best team in the state of Texas Absolutely right now. not. They are riding high. They're going to ride high again this Saturday. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. So before we go, Mike, What's one thing that you're looking out for this week when you're watching all these games because you have the opportunity to because Texas has a bye? Yeah, yeah. You, you said it perfectly. Adam. There's going to be a lot of games that I cannot wait to watch because I'm not going to be watching my Texas Longhorns. There's going to be a lot of teams that I have not been able to watch thus far this season. Wake Forest already talked about your Aztecs that we talked about, and I'm so excited to see a matchup against Clemson that they are not favored in specifically. So – a lot of underrated games this week. I think this slate is going to prove to us once again that you cannot miss a single Saturday of college football because craziness will happen no matter how underrated or unbelievable the slate may, may seem. Just watch some teams this week that you have not gotten a chance to watch this season and you are going to have fun this Saturday no matter what. Yeah, and I completely agree with that statement. And I think this is a perfect week to kind of have you know, no really marquee games because I think it's the perfect halfway point of this season and where we, and I think some people need breaks from all these crazy upsets, but we're still going to see some upsets, you know, obviously not on the major scale that we've seen this week because there's no top 25 matchups and no, like, you know, obviously Oklahoma's playing a team like Kansas. So you're not going to see major upsets in that way. But as you talked about, this is an opportunity to watch some teams that are feel good stories in this sport. And you, you know, you always focus on the college football playoff, but enjoy these feel good stories like Wake Forest Mm -hmm. and Army. That's going to be such a fun game. San Diego state air force, the mountain West is having one of their best years in recent memory as I've been a fan of. So a lot of teams that you get to watch that you usually don't, and this sport never disappoints on a Saturday. I love it so much. Absolutely not. It's going to time and time again, prove to us that this is the best sport in America. In yeah. Yes, sir. Obviously on my other show of college <laughs> basketball, I will be saying that, but for now on this show, it is the best sport in the world. So with that, myself, Adam, like I want to thank Mike, Michael Gresser for great analysis. As always, we have a great slate of college football this Saturday, and we will be back with you next week to preview week nine, which I think will get very exciting. A lot of marquee games to talk about there, but enjoy your Saturday and we will be back with you next week. Enjoy the football.